Hello and good evening. Welcome to another episode of Between the Presets, a podcast by me, Rudy Stetner, that comes out every Monday evening. Here is the place where anything that can be said in polite company is fair game for discussion, even if it occasionally offends. Let's roll. Please be advised that this episode of Between the Presets contains material that may be unsuitable for younger audiences. If that is an issue, please listen at another time or on headphones. Thank you. Good evening. It's Monday, the 9th of Cheshvan on the Jewish calendar and October 23rd um, on the English calendar. A few thoughts. Um, in Jewish communities around the world, the uh, October 7th attacks in Israel are on everyone's mind. Uh, they are in our prayers. And one thing it is, has brought out in me, and this is typical of many of many people, is to not only pray for the hostages, pray for the people who were hit in the attacks to varying degrees, but also to help them out with material aid and also um, to do good deeds to strengthen their position and to uh, strengthen the forces of goodness in the world. That has been my, in, in addition to the uh, righteous anger that I and many people feel, there's also the desire to strengthen the forces of love in the world. One uh, story that I heard that I would like to hear publicized more is there was a Bedouin van driver in Israel who knew not only the roads but knew the side paths, the dirt paths along the sides of the road. And this van driver, a Bedouin Arab Muslim, saved 30 lives of Jews who were under attack. Uh, he drove the van when he saw people were, uh, when he saw the terrorists were shooting. He knew how to work his way around the roadblocks and everything. Uh, and he has to his eternal merit that he, that he saved 30 lives of people who were being hunted down. There were other, um, Arabs who actually, uh, fired at, killed, um, terrorists. Some of these uh, brave individuals who have been getting death threats from Hamas. Also worth noting, I uh, watched a video, it was only about 40 seconds. It was of a woman who was a resident of Gaza who was 
on camera railing against the leadership in that uh, area, you know, Hamas leadership, for taking extremely good care of their families materially, houses, uh, SUVs, all kinds of uh, luxuries that are not so easy to come by in the United States, and of course leaving the vast majority of the people in poverty. That has been the policy of the uh, Palestinian Authority in Yehuda and Shamran, also known as the West Bank, and this policy of perpetual conflict has also impoverished the people of Gaza. First and foremost, Israel is um, belatedly, but uh, I hope thoroughly, eliminating the uh, threat of Hamas, the threat of genocide against Jews, and doing so without restraint or remorse. Ultimately, this will benefit everyone in the region. When one looks at some of the bombed landscapes of uh, Gaza, it of course evokes uh, memories of the devastation at the end of World War II in German cities. Now, what did the United States do? The, the four powers, United States, Great Britain, France, and the former Soviet Union, they all put Germany under direct military occupation and set up a leadership that was completely purged of uh, Nazi ideology. Now, uh, if you look back at the history of uh, Germany after World War II, there were actually um, scattered acts of resistance to the Allied occupation up until 1948, three years after the end of the war. There were acts of sabotage of uh, military vehicles. There were attacks on military personnel and uh, Germans who were uh, assisting them. And these, these attacks were met with harsh reprisals. Sometimes the closest town to a place where, say, a military base was hit with an act of Nazi sabotage, they would hold the closest village responsible. Now, what did Germany get for uh, finally uh, surrendering thoroughly? They got what was called the Wirtschaftswunder, the economic wonder. Uh, Germany built up a peacetime economy under during which the military presence of the four allied powers became uh, less and less of a visible presence in German life. As a result of this, 
the three uh, non-communist zones of occupation, the French, the British, and the American, um, progressed very nicely. The Soviet zone, Communist East Germany, uh, also known as the German Democratic Republic, uh, progressed much more slowly. And it took them over 40 years to throw off the shackles of uh, communism. An ideology that differs from Nazism mainly in its logo. So, flashback 80 years to the present in Israel. Instead of uh, facing the German-authored final solution, we are facing the Arab-authored final solution. And people who, in my opinion, people who are asking for a ceasefire are collaborators. There have been ceasefires in the past when there were rockets fired from Gaza into Israel. There were retaliatory airstrikes and then inevitably the ceasefire. And all that meant was that Hamas was ammoing up for another, for them, better day. And just like the Allies fighting Nazism it would have done the German people no favor by leaving the Nazi regime in power. The, uh, the Israelis would do the people of Gaza no favor whatsoever if they were to negotiate with the uh, government that uh, is in power in Gaza, that of Hamas. It should be noted that the Nazi regime of Adolf Hitler that came to power in 1933 uh, and the Hamas regime which came to power in 2006 were both elected. And uh, the Nazis were rightfully uh, taken taken out of power. They were a danger to all of their neighbors and ultimately to their own people. And likewise, there should be there should be no Hamas after all this is over, just like there should be there there it is good that there was no Nazi party at the end of uh uh World War Two in uh, Germany. Another thing that is a myth is this phrase that you uh hear all the time the inalienable right of a people to self-determination. People want to speak their language, they want to pass on their religion and values. That does not mean that they need to have their own republic, monarchy, postage stamps, or currency. One of the toughest uh, opponent, opponents currently of Israel is the Turkish Republic. Now they have uh, they have a 
Kurdish minority. We all know what happened to their Armenian minority. There's a tiny remnant of the Armenians that were once indigenous to Turkey that uh, live there uh, today. There is also a tiny minority of Greeks, uh, Greek Christians, who still hang on in the Turkish Republic. Uh, it, for a long time, it was illegal to speak Kurdish in public. It was not even recognized as a separate language. The Kurdish language is what they were referred to as Mountain Turks or some such euphemism. Syria, had, you know, they're, some of the worst, bloodiest fighting is among Muslims themselves. There's a tiny minority uh, of um, Muslims in Syria known as Alawites. I have found debates on YouTube about whether they are true Muslims or whether they're idolaters. But for the longest time, Syria was ruled by an Alawite minority, the Assad family, that is now struggling for its future in that country. Skipping over to Europe, Spain has is not only a country of Spaniards, it's also a country of Catalonians. Catalonians, of course, speak a Romance language that's um, distinct from Spanish and also distinct from French. They, they live in both um, France and Spain. There are also Basques who are a part of Spain. And they speak a language that is not only unrelated to Spanish, but unrelated to any other uh, language spoken on earth. Basque is, the Basque language is what's known as a language isolate. There are also the Galicians of Spain, who speak a, another Romance language that is actually closer to Portuguese than it is to Spanish. Now, all these three other languages spoken in Spain were ruthlessly suppressed by Francisco Franco. It was illegal to speak them in public. You certainly could not uh, broadcast them or print them, not in books, not in newspapers. And when Francisco, after there was a process of allowing uh, autonomy to these regions, to the Basque and the Catalan regions, and also to the Gallego regions, allowing them to, while remaining a part of Spain, to enjoy official recognition of their languages. Then, of course, there's the Tamazig language. It's 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 called Berber, which Speakers of that language do not like to hear it called that. Uh, spoken in Libya, Morocco, uh, Algeria, Tunisia, 
varying percentages of the population. It's a non-Arabic language. They have beautiful music. And uh, they were uh, harshly repressed in the Islamic conquest of North Africa, not to mention the Coptic language of Egypt, which which was almost completely wiped out uh, in the Islamic conquest. There are Coptic words in Egyptian Arabic, and there are, contrary to popular belief, a tiny number of people who still speak that language. It is also spoken, there's a monastery in the, uh, in the Egyptian desert where the Coptic Christian monks who live there speak among themselves, not Arabic, but Coptic. And you could actually, you could probably do a series of documentaries of countries around the world that have Minorities living within their borders, who in many cases are in their respective countries longer than the majority population, and yet they do not have their own state. They have uh, legal recognition that is often not satisfactory to them. So uh, these these countries which have lined up to criticize uh, Israel uh, should take a look at their own countries, clean their own house. And I don't think it needs saying that if somebody establishes themselves as a country and their goal is wiping out their neighbor, killing every man, woman, and child of their neighbor's population, not only should they not have their own state, not only should they have their own armed police, there's a question of whether they should be trusted with forks and knives. There is a commandment in the Torah that one is not supposed to have a inaccurate set of weights and measures. In other words, if you have a scale, in the old scales, you would have weights that would go on one side and you would put whatever merchandise you were selling on the other side. Those weights had to be periodically checked for accuracy. And if you had a set of weights uh, that were inaccurate, let's say it was a one kilogram weight and it was only 950 grams, you weren't even supposed to possess that. I mention that because Israel is being judged by a double standard. Things were done to the people of Gaza, uh, bordering Gaza, the Jewish communities uh, bordering Gaza, that I can't even describe here. I cannot even think about without even without being deeply angry and saddened. So Israel is freeing itself and its neighbors from a genocidal regime. Because when someone has that much hate, uh, it is not possible that they will end up embracing hatred for its own sake. What they do to us, 
they will do to their own fellow Muslim neighbors. I find it stunning that uh, in the early days, October 7th and shortly after, uh, Hamas was gleefully releasing videos of the horrible things they had done. And now you find leftist apologists, apologists in the um, mainstream media that are attempting to say, well, we haven't really authenticated that. And as a result of that um, uh, genocide denial, Israelis are at great cost to their uh, mental health and peace of mind forced to document what happened, as well as to identify some of the dead who were burned beyond recognition. And again, going back to the uh, post-war Nazi Germany and uh, 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 Gaza comparison today, some of the worst moral blindness uh, is found on college campuses, places that are supposed to spread uh, knowledge and enlightenment, places that are supposed to be a place of the free exchange of ideas, have uh, instead become uh, nests of apologists for genocide. And in the age where everyone can get online and run their mouth, like I'm doing here, uh, we get to see who these people are. So I will sign off by saying, may the Almighty bless Israel and its loyal inhabitants. May God bless the uh, armed forces defending Israel and uh, crown their efforts with success. And may the Almighty continue to aid us in strengthening the true Iron Dome that protects us. Our love for God's commandments, our performance of his commandments, our love and care for each other. And I would have to say, if I were to thank the Almighty for one thing, I am proud to be hated by such people. When I think of uh, the morally deranged leftists and other haters in the United States today, and in Europe, and when I think of the demented and thoroughly evil individuals who would, uh, you know, kill me and everyone I love, God forbid, if they had, if they had the chance, I have the consolation that I am proud to be hated by them. When I see who looks at me in hatred. Uh, I know I am on the right side. I am proud to be a Jew, and I am proud to be hated by these people. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu.
Hashem Echad. I bless you all, and I look forward to speedily to the birth of a new world in which the forces that conceal God's sacred light have been permanently defeated. Again, thank you again. This wraps up another weekly episode of Between the Presets. I thank you all for the pleasure of sharing with me my weekly muse. Whatever platform you access, hitting like, subscribe, or leaving a comment is much appreciated. My email address is thewinterriders at gmail.com. Thewinterriders at gmail.com. Until next week, adio, which in some African languages means born on Monday or be righteous and closely resembles adios in Spanish.